This week's episode, Rich and I talk nerdy about dice. So without further ado, we'll get started. You are listening to High Shelf Gaming. This is a show where we talk about board games and role-playing games and gaming conventions. If this is what you're looking for, please keep listening. You can always find us on our website, Facebook group, Facebook page, or on Twitter and Twitch and Discord, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to join the community, and we look forward to meeting you. Quick reminder, we are doing a giveaway. I've got a 3D printed monster, a gray render, super interesting creature and uh, kind of hard to come by, honestly. In order to enter into win, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Once we get to 20 reviews, we're gonna roll a die and see who wins. Hey everyone, David Gillespie here, and as always, I am joined by the luminary, Rich Wisniewski. Let me shine a bright light on the problem, my friend. (laughs) You finally used a word that I could use my high school, middle school education to deduce (laughs) the understandings of the word lumens. (laughs) That's right. So let me shine a light on our problem today. Roll it out for us, Dave. That's right. Our problem today is dice. The foundation of figuring out, did I hit or miss in D&D? Did I crap out in Vegas? Just the little random number generators that we hurl across the table. Today is all about dice. And isn't it crazy that they are just random number generators? You know, I, I I did some incredible show prep, but one of the things I didn't look up was, why did they go with the set of dice they did? I mean, because couldn't they have really just said, use this die over and over and over and just played around with where the trajectory of the number spacing would be? You know, Shadowrun, 100% D6s. That's right. White Wolf, 100% D10s. Yeah. You know, Cyberpunk, which we're about to start playing a game in. 1d10, 1d6, or uh, multiple d6s. for Ooh, I kind of like that one. I, d- I remember talking yeah. with Cody about the Witcher d6, d10 thing. And that really mm-hmm. was interesting. I like that. Because you do get a, you get a little mix-up. You get a little bit of higher range and a little low, lower range. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, with D&D having the full range of dice, you know, from fours to sixes to tens, and then a second ten for hundreds place, um, an eight, a twelve and a 20, and there's higher range dice. I mean, there's games out there that use like D30s and D50s and some really, you know, oddball dice combos. But like D&D, man, they made those, that set, or they insisted on that set. And I think it was to like show the scale of things. Like a dagger did what, like a D4 back in the day. And then like some weapons do like D2s. Like you roll a die and if it's like odds, it's one, evens, it's two kind of thing, uh, or high-low on the die. And I think that they just needed a huge range of numbers. And of course, that D20 was the big papa, right? That was your do-everything die, had a huge range so that, sure, you had skills in a thing, sure, you had attributes in a thing, but really, just the swing of randomness from 1 to 20, that was the thing that really mattered. So that even if you aren't very good, you can still, you know, chuck the 20 and see if you get a 19 or an 18 on it. And that that'll carry the day for you. And, you know, that's smart. Like that makes it so that every action, there's a possibility there's a chance I'm going to make it. (laughs) You know, I throw I throw the bones and it's a 20 and the DM has to rewrite, you know, heaven and earth (laughs) so that I win. And, you know, I use the magic of the intranets. 
and I found this out that it it looks like you know Dave Arneson credits David Wesley for the introduction of polyhedral dice to D and D. That some were purchased while on a trip, and some were purchased from a educational catalog. And there's even some little rumors here that they they kind of would only use the six and the twenty. And then they would donate the extra dice to school, and then they just said, "Hey, let's let's adapt the rules to use the extra dice." Oh, that's so, kind of cool. I, whether it's true or not, that is for you to decide, dear listener. That's just what I'm reporting from the internet, and I'm not on Wikipedia as I read this. <laughs> Some other mystical site, yeah, that's and, right. and and so nowadays the thing is, is that typical D and D set you can buy them anywhere. You can almost buy them in Target. You can buy D&D dice in so many places that it's almost going to hit Walmart and Target. Like, I, I'm just kind of waiting for the day for D&D to get popular enough that it's in there. But it's in a ton of other stores. Like, you can buy sets in Barnes & Noble and Books A Million and, you know, all of the typical bookstores along with, of course, Amazon and all those places. And the thing about it is... They all suck. Exactly. Exactly. You roll the die. And dude, I see this happen all the time. People will roll it like five times. It's like, ah, it's sucking today. I'm going I'm to pull out another D20, roll it five times. Okay, that's the one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, my thing is, is if I get a good roll, I got to roll two bad rolls. So then I save it for the good roll that's charged in it. I don't know where that comes from. But I have this theory that if I'm just farting around, I'm like, okay, ooh, I just hit a 20 or a, tw- yeah. a 19 or yeah. an 18, just something good. Yeah. And then I go, okay, roll it again. Ooh, a two. Roll it again, a seven. Okay, well, I'm charged. I'm ready. The next one's good. And then yeah, I don't pick it up. I don't handle it. I don't put it around my pocket. I don't shake right. it around. Well, you don't, you don't want to You don't want to spend that fairy no, dust. No, <laughs> I leave it right where it's at with the bad one up. I just kind of pick it up and move it over by me. And I wait until it's my turn to roll die. And I got it charged, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly, exactly. So <laughs> that's great, dude. Um, and so the thing is, is that there's this huge question about, well, is my die balanced? Maybe all these bad rolls that I keep getting is because my die is off balance. It's weighted, unintentionally weighted, you know, as part of the manufacturing process. It just got a bubble in it or the or the resin or plastic wasn't quite as dense in one area or another. And so my it's a dice inside of a dice. (laughs) I've seen that. You ever seen seen that on the Reddit's? Yes. Where they had a D6 and it was like crushed open and inside was another D6. Yeah. And then what if that one's off and it's off inside your D6, <laughs> yeah. which is off. Dice rolling within dice. It's and, 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 and dear listener, it wasn't like it was in there empty. It, they molded a dice around another dice. Yeah. And the first <laughs> dice cracked open and you saw the second dice that was part of, what would you call it? The filler. Yeah. They just yeah, used it as a, a filler. <laughs> Cheap ass company. I was about to say, that's some, that's some really chintzy stuff. Yeah. And what's crazy Thank you, China. is- yeah, exactly. And there's there's tons of great companies to buy dice from. Like all my dice are Chessex. Um, I like the high contrast dice, you know, where it's like dark lettering or numbering on top of a light color like yellow and orange and white. Whenever I roll it, you know, if it's a player, I want the DM to see immediately I hit that 20. I don't want him to like wait for me to peer down and read between the gold filigree that's next to the gold lettering. You know, like I want it to be obvious, but that's just me. That's just me in my eyes. I know lots of great die out there that are really fancy, really pretty. But the question always comes, 
is it balanced? And or is God a- just intervening, yeah. making my life hell? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And if it isn't balanced, what do you do about that? Right. Do you buy all new dice and then just hell keep yeah. testing them? Or do you counteract the uh, the imbalance effect? And I, and I think that today we can talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, game science dice, which purports to be more balanced and more random than others. There's all kinds of stuff that we can do as players and as GMs to make our dice more random and kind of talk about. What, what, what to do, you know, to make this like structural thing of the game better. Yes, yeah, so I've heard of the idea of shave dice. And I think this is where <laughs> if everybody just puts their thinking caps on and they think of Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 53 or something like that. Yeah. And, and they see the, the boss, right, with the dice inside the calipers. And mm-hmm. he's like spinning it. You know what I mean? It's like checking all the edges to right. make sure that die is truly square and and symmetrical. Would that be the right. word? I am right. a luminary vision of words today. You are. I am you telling are. you. Yeah, symmetrical. <laughs> um, because that can affect dice. And when we look at these poly dice, that, that's a really big question. Because I can't look at a D8 and tell you every side is perfect. Or whether one side's a little tighter or one side's a little not tighter. Right. So, like, if you look at Vegas, Vegas die, which are, like, for craps table, which are those big honking 19 millimeter dies that, you know, you throw at the craps table. Those are uh, AAA rated gaming dies. For them to be considered symmetrical, they have to be 0.05 millimeters Identical. So all of the sides need to be within a very tight tolerance to be considered precision, you know, casino quality die. And And that's a very small distance. Yeah, I guarantee you that Chessex and all the other folks, none of them have that kind of tolerance. Right. And so that's the thing is that like, okay, so I'm not going to have, you know, dice that were designed by casino bosses for balance and you know exact randomness and fairness oh hold on hold on the bosses don't make those dice the lawmakers do because if the bosses got to make the dice they would all be really effing heavy on the other side of the well i guess you maybe you do want seven to come up right at the beginning but yes they would they would have off balance dice for sure Yeah, yeah. Well, so let's talk about casino die. That's a really interesting thing, because if they always came up seven, you would never get to your second roll. That's right. Yeah, you would win all the time on the first roll. That's right. Maybe they do want it to be the perfect balance. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because what they want you to do is get your hopes up at the craps table. Right. And as a DM, I want the same thing. I want my players to get their hopes up. Oh, we just don't get to steal their money. That's right. That's right. So uh, real quick to balance, check your die. There's a method out there. You can find lots of YouTube videos of it. This only works for the plastic die. So your typical translucent or opaque die from like a Chessex or Crystal Castle or Game Science die, you know, the plastic resin type dies. This method is really neat. It's super simple. You just get yourself some water. They recommend DI water like what is DI water? It's like a dye. Is that like do it yourself water? Yeah, you do it yourself water. No, it's the uh, it's the like cup uh, and <laughs> no, you have to go to the grocery store and buy it. It's like a uh, it's like distilled, distilled. Thank you. Yeah, it's distilled water, it's straight that. water. There's none of that tap water stuff in it. There's no minerals in it. It's just pure H two O, top to bottom. So 
you get distilled water and you put it in a cup and then you start tossing in Epsom salt. It has to be Epsom salt, right? And, and it helps if you heat up the water. So you heat up the water so that it can absorb as much salt as possible. Put should that in it a cup. boil or should it just get warm like I'm making cocoa? Like super warm. Okay. Boiling is fine, but the, the, okay. the salt, when the salt goes in, the warmer the water is, the more salt will get absorbed into the water. And you need that because what you're looking to do is you're looking to make that water super buoyant, really dense salt water. Would that be the salinity? That yes, yeah, dude. Okay, you remember in what is it? Uh, Stranger Things. Do you remember Stranger Things? Yeah, season one when they have to make the the deprivation tank for her and they get like oh, you're right, and they pour all that boom. The things Netflix and Stranger Things can teach us. That's right. That's right. So you're doing that. You're building the salinity tank for your dye. It really works for the D20s best. The D4 is not so much, but yeah, that would be kind of rough. I see. Yeah, big round ones. You, you you carefully place them in there and they should float. And if your dye is balanced, then it'll float on whatever face you set it in. If you like tease it a little bit, you know, flick it, it'll kind of roll around and it'll just show up on random faces. And that's a balanced dye. If it shows up on a certain face every time, then then it's unbalanced and it's favoring that side like that side will show up over and over again and this really came up because one of my friends we were playing a pathfinder 2e game together and i swear to you this guy had like five or six crit fails like he was just rolling once one 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 he'd roll a two and be 10 under the way that pathfinder 2e is now is if you roll 10 under the target number you crit fail so not just ones crit fail you, but also just being crap skill or a crap roll, not even a one, will crit fail you. And so he was crit failing all the time, and he was like, oh my god, my dice must suck, they must be poorly weighted. So he goes and does this test. Dude, his dice were weighted for 20. What? Like, every time he did this, the 20 would float to the top. And he would like, no, 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 this can't be right. He'd tease it and it'd spin inside the cup and then it would just, you know, magic eight ball style float up. Okay. And well, then, be a well, 20 I got, again. I got to add, by the way, that does bring up the whole thing about the magic eight ball now. Um, <laughs> that, well, I have to think if it's always was showing 20, but his 20 was on the bottom mm. every time he was getting one. So is it, is it you really want it showing ones every time you play this little no, water no. game? So, so we figured it out. Right next to the 20 is that two. Oh. And so if you think about it, he might not have been rolling ones for all those crit fails. He might have been rolling twos. twos. And just because of the rules of Pathfinder 2E skilling you down, dude, he's yeah. getting crit fails because he's rolling twos. Or th- which whatever is right next right to the 20. Which is, by yeah. the way, when I play with my cheater dice, I get the ones from Coplo, and they actually just have no low numbers. So there's actually two 20s, there's two 19s, there's two 18s, there's two 17s. So it's not a way to die. It's yeah. not shaved. Straight it's up. not anything. You roll it and you're pretty much guaranteed a 15 and up because it just doesn't have other numbers on it that are low. Right. And right. they do that for all the dice. And then they also have a low set that you can buy to where there's no 20s. So if you need to hit a low number, you oh. just make sure you pick up the right one. There you go. There you go. Yes, yeah, I, ha- I never use those in games, but I got them just in case. <laughs> whenever, whenever you're having a hard DM day, you're like, That's you know right. what? 
these freaking monsters are swinging for the fences. <laughs> yeah. And then if you want to do the symmetrical test, you can get a caliper tester, right? And they make digital calipers that mm-hmm. are pretty inexpensive. You can spend, I think it's like 20 bucks on Amazon and get one. I've uh, I've got one for 3D printing because sometimes when you're doing calibrating your 3D printer, you need to figure out exactly your depths and all that kind of stuff. So I've got a digital caliper. I'll link the one I've got. And it's like 20 bucks, 22 bucks. So yes. if you're like really into figuring out if your dice are symmetrical, digital caliper, man. And it'll tell you exactly if your stuff is symmetrical. All right. So I got some dice that my um, my baby boy bought me that are um, uh, metal from like Dorvin Forge. Ooh, yeah. They're, they're some of the, the gold. And they're, uh-huh. they're, they're really, they're small. He bought these years ago when he was a young man. Yeah. And so they're the smaller ones, not the bigger ones. But they're really small. And right. so when I use those, I, of course, need them for, for big. I only bring them out for the big kahuna gun, right? When I'm really, I'm a player and I need some love. <laughs> That's I right. reach in there for my special Rob dice and I nice. give them a roll. Dude, those, those little sides are so small sometimes on that 20. I'm, I'm wondering, it's like, I'm just like rolling a ball. Right. There's actually some reasoning there. You know, when you go and buy, like, let's say some players like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and buy casino dice. I'm going to get crafts dice, those big 19 millimeter D6s, because, you know, they do all kinds of crazy stuff. They like all the pips are like drilled down to a specific depth. And then the fill for the pips is the exact same consistency or density as the die itself. So there's no weight difference when one side has more pips than the other. They do all this crazy stuff to make the casino die perfect. And the sharp edges make them like the edge catches the felt and will spin more. They are sharp as hell, too. Oh, totally. That is exactly right. Yeah. And all that's all that is intentional. The rounded edge die arguably gives you less rolling chance because you're more likely to not catch that felt and get an extra get an extra facing out of the die. It actually takes away some of the randomness. But the other thing, though, is they they kind of couch it and say, look, don't necessarily get giant die, because when you get giant die, you need to be rolling across a giant craps table. Oh, see, I was thinking my little die was messing up my odds when in reality I'm getting more roll. Yeah, exactly. You're probably doing better with a smaller die because the energy you're using to just roll at the table, right? And even yeah. if you roll into like a little box, you're just doing a little bit of energy and a smaller die is going to is going to show more faces as it's bouncing around and then it's going to show something, right? Yeah. But if you get one of those big die and you just like shake it in your hand and then you just plop it on the table, well, you might only get like two or three faces showing up. And okay, there's really not a okay. lot of randomness there. Dude, this is what gets me crazy about True Dungeon. They use that F me big 20, oh, right? Oh, yeah. It's oh, like yeah. a, it's an F off dice. It is yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's a huge die. Because it, they want everybody to see. They want everybody right. to see the roll. They got to have yeah. one. And that way, everybody do not have to crowd around and be on the right. table and blah, right. blah, blah. But it rolls like crap. Oh, yeah. No, you flip it up in the air, it like pop on the table, yes. and it's, it doesn't roll. It's just whatever that was there, and that was it. Yeah, and and the thing is, is like when you have a big die, you really need like a big box to roll it in, so you can have lots of energy, right? And then it needs to bounce off something. So like when you go to uh, Vegas, and you and I have been at the craps table together yes. before, you know they've got the the instruction is it has to either flip above everybody's heads or 
hit the back wall. Well, I don't know about the above heads thing. Sorry. Oh, I really? always do the back wall. I didn't, yeah. I have never heard the above head. I always yeah. get them both to the back wall. Yeah. They, they, they need energy. It needs to have lots of energy because those big die need lots of energy to be properly random. All right. Well, that big F off dice, right? When, yeah. When we go to play, Dave, what is the way we should be playing with that die? I mean, so, have you done enough research now that you're going to affect our true dungeon game? And are you now yeah. in charge of rolling the dice? Well, I don't have to be in charge of rolling the dice. Anybody can do this. You well, want... I don't know. You've seen the group we play with. <laughs> ha ha. They're all listening. <laughs> <laughs> so the way to do it is uh, you want to you roll against a hard surface that's going to give it some bounce, right? And you know, they tell you to roll it on that table. And that table is, it's a card table. And it absorbs all of the impact of that die. Oh, and it and there's has no... um, those those table toppers with the monsters on them. They're like right. Formica. Yeah. 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 Okay, so go on yeah. about so, the absorption. So it, all that stuff absorbs the impact of the die and stops the roll. Very little, very little stuff going on there. So if we could either roll it in a box so we can hit some walls and let it spin around a little bit, like that would be good, or... You know, flip it up, but let it hit the ground because the ground is that concrete and that concrete is going to transfer tons of energy and it's going to roll around a lot more. Now, we'd have to go and find it afterwards because it might skitter around. Oh, my but God. And that dude, concrete, would it not blow that dice up? No, <laughs> I mean, it would get it really random. It won't hurt the die. It wouldn't you hurt know, that die? That, Are you sure? I don't think so. I don't think so. Man, I worry about that one. I have a feeling that would hurt that die. I don't but, know. I, I think it wouldn't. I think that I think it'd be fine, but fair point. You know, okay, like, so they, the, they might say, hey, you know, you got to roll on the table. <laughs> the, the bullshit us trying to roll. And by the way, everybody, this die is so big. You just can't like put it in one hand and and shake it. It's so big. You would end up like having it between your hands like a potato. Yeah. It's and tossing the a, potato between your an orange. Yeah, it's as big as an orange. It's a little bit bigger than a baseball. Yeah, it's a bit bigger than a baseball. So you see, you can't really get a good jiggle. I can't jiggle the dice very well when <laughs> yeah. I do that. You, and then you roll it on the table and it just kind of really, I think, Dave, I'm going to copy your sound effect. It kind of goes, and that's it. It uh -huh. just kind of goes plop and you yep. get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Yeah. You know, it'd be cool is if the back of the table was a taller uh, wall. So we could kind of, we could kind of craps it, you know, like toss the, toss the die towards the end of the thing and, and let it bounce off a wall. That would give us some more randomness, but something, you know, something to make our true dungeon die. And by the way, if you show up to my game with an F off dice like that <laughs> and it's metal, I'm just, booting. Oh no, I'm just, booting. Oh yeah, no, you're just gone. It, I, I've seen someone with that. And it was like literally piercing the, the table, the, 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 the table cover the guy was using to do oh. the map on because oh the edges were like, I mean, man, you could split your head open with that thing. Yeah, I mean, it was not cool. that sharp of a point. So that's not cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the sharp points help with randomness. No lie there, yeah. but that's not cool, man. And, and that's the other thing is that you need to make sure that the time you're rolling really matches what you're rolling them on. Right. Cause like you say, you don't want to damage the stuff you're using. So if you got a big heavy die, maybe bring your own dice box that has a felt oh. or a leather leather liner or a wood liner down at the bottom. Okay, so I always thought the dice box, right, and the dice tower was just mm -hmm. another way of getting my damn money at Gen Con, right? I thought it was just <laughs> yeah. another little stupid thing someone made up to get money from me. As I'm listening to you, there is legitimate random principles about yes. why you want to use a dice box. 
Yeah, the dice box and the dice tower both do a good job of adding a bit more entropy and and maybe getting over some of the weightedness. Because if the die is a little weighted, like I did this test and I didn't have faces showing up so much as I had corners. I had my D20, you know, the corner with the 20 on it was the one that kept coming up. So Mm. my dice aren't perfectly balanced, but I bet a dice box or a dice tower would pretty well you know equalize that out and those metal die you really can't do this salt test with the metal die no but I'm they sink that, right to the bottom right yeah i'm guessing that since they're so heavy if there's a little imperfection a little bubble here and there it's probably not that big a deal probably not that big a deal and then you know you toss it through a tower or something and all those little bumpers in there are gonna you know get it to jiggle around a bit and get it to to move around a bit that's another good way to like deal with your problem of don't bring giant dice to my table. It has to fit through my dice tower. Dude. Oh my God. Another way I can draconian <laughs> dictate what the players do. That's right. I like that. Welcome to my That's table right. and you may play a game with me, but all your dice must fit through this hole. If they do not, please leave. That's right. <laughs> and we will That's find right. someone else. No, right. that would be terrible. Now, I do have a question. You know, we have Mike, our melodious uh, DM corner partner. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he uses a box. Does he not use a box? I don't think he uses a tower. I think he's a box yeah. user. Yeah, I'm a box user as well. Okay, so did you find anything out about which one of those might be the quintessential go-to? No, I haven't. I haven't figured that stuff out other than... Just curious. Y- you know, I think that the ones that are like you had mentioned at BGG Con, you guys got a hold of some Neoprene. some silicon. Silicon, that's right. Silicons, yeah. like you know, like for cooking, they put their your muffins right. in there and they pop out. And these make silicon bowls. And I noticed the dice seem to grip on it to where, ah, um, yeah. like your felt, they're yeah. not necessarily gripping and stopping. I'm getting nice little rotations out of the dice I drop into that thing. Right. And I think that the harder edged die are going to be better at gripping that silicon and, you know, showing you a couple more faces, flipping a, a little bit more. So uh, as opposed to the rounded edge. And oh, real quick to talk about that. So hard edge die are harder to make than oh. than a rounded edge die. And that's the reason why round edge is so common. Well, and so I told all my cheap. girlfriends. <laughs> so like the way these dice are made is there's an injection mold like there's a you know, super hot plastic being forced by pressure into a, an array of dice chambers. Right. And it fills up that chamber. And then for the, for all the die, they're all perfectly cubed because that's easy to make is perfect cubes. Well, when you take all that out, you've got all these, do you remember like getting a plastic model as a kid and all the little, the, you've got the blister pack, you've got all the little pieces of the car or whatever, that's one injection mold. That's one plastic injection mold. Imagine that's dice. Okay, so I would get those sometimes as a kid. And maybe my, you know, my parents love me and buy me the best things they know to buy. But sometimes you would open the blister pack of all the car parts and like the guy's knee would be a little deformed. Mm-hmm. So is... is I don't ever remember looking at my dice, though, and seeing anything where there's a little bit of material missing. Or is that part of the problem that they're talking about with dice is sometimes you have a side that's missing some material. 
Right. Yeah. So that's the deal. They they do this hot plastic injection mold, fill in all these blanks. Sometimes it just doesn't fill. There's a air bubble left over or something like that, and it doesn't fill in the rest of that dye. They chuck that. Right. Uh, maybe they melt that dye back down again, or maybe they put that dye inside, inside of another, of another dye. dye. There you go. Yeah. We both see. We both see where this is going. Right. Yeah. The bad dye yeah. become baby dye inside <laughs> of mama dyes. <laughs> Exactly. So, but here's the deal. When all that's done, you know, they go through and they clip off all these dice. Well, you get that little bit <gasps> of plastic. They get a spruce. Left over. I think that's called a spruce. Right. Right. Exactly. They get a little spruce. Well, here's the deal. The, all the round edge die, well, they got a perfect answer for that. Mm. They chuck all these dice into a rock tumbler and they tumble that die against all these rocks and it, it cuts off the spruce with just Straight up erosion, right? But all your edges become eroded. Right. Yeah, it rounds all the edges until it gets to whatever consistency they like. And then they take all the dice out and they, you know, pip them and, and or they paint them and all that stuff and chuck them out the door. So that's why most die are rounded is because they have this really quick and simple way of getting rid of the spruce. The hard edge die, and there's a bunch of complaints from game science die, that sometimes you'll get your game science die, and that little spruce is still there. (gasps) And they'll even say, like, oh, just leave it. You know, it's not going to change it that much. Like, dude, there's extra plastic hanging off my die. Of course that's going to change stuff. Is that when it's on the rounded ones? Or or I think game science has a reputation of making some of the really sharp ones. Yeah, they make sharp, hard edge die. The game science makes the hard edge die, and and the spruce might still be there on some of them because their little uh, cleanup process might not catch them all. So you have to sit there with like sandpaper or an exacto knife or an edge an edge cutter and very carefully remove that spruce without damaging the rest of the die. Holy smokes! And by the way, we were chatting earlier. What is one of the coolest things about getting game science dice? Oh, so the coolest thing about Game Science Dice is that you get to relive 1980s D&D where you get the die and it's just the plastic and the numbers are printed in, but there's no ink. And you get to sit there with a crayon and you get to rub it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That is exactly right. Just work that wax in there, man. Just just pack that wax in there. Roll it 50 times. Get your crayon back. Pack more wax in. (laughs) Amen, brother. And, you know, I think I'm going to be on the lookout for them next year. I think I'm going to look and pick me up a pair that uh, I can come back and bust out a crayon. And make my own little multicolor situation happen. You know yeah. what I mean? Because that was kind of always the fun part back in the day. You didn't know what dye you got in the box. And then you would match it with the right color that you wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we no one ever got crazy enough in my group that you did different coloring for different numbers and stuff. But I guess you yeah. could get kind of crazy, man. Yeah. You can get a little nutso. Yeah, totally. And the other thing that they'll do is... So Game Science, if you order from them, they will ink it for you if you want. So they'll 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 do an ink wash and get ink in the in the divot for the for the numbers. But I've noticed even on their die, you can see the impact the the you know the numbers are pressed in. Uh, I think when the die is still kind of kind of warm, the numbers are pressed in by machine, and you can see 
the just by how light reflects off of it that it's warped just like every other die like the game the chessex die the crystal castle die all the other dice makers they all do the same pressing thing and game science is no different they press it in and you can see the there's a slight divot in the die where the presser pushes in and all that stuff so i'm actually becoming more of a fan of these metal die oh like you really yeah, like you have your cool your cool metal die. Yeah. I'm now realizing that I went I did all this research. I found guys who mill their own die. They get a they get a plug of aluminum and they sit there and they like cut out the die, they shave it, they make sure that all of their faces are symmetrical and you know, they just sit there and work it. And I found a company called Brybelly, B R Y B-E-L-L-Y. We'll link it. Brybelly. They make or they distribute, whatever. They provide all of the really high accuracy casino dice for casinos. Like Harris Casinos wants wants die for their freaking craps table. They buy from Brybelly. These guys make Holy really crap. Good These guys dye. even make like bingo stuff. You can get a whole oh, set yeah. of bingo balls. Again, there's something that everything has to be exactly the same. Exactly. Oh, exactly. wow. They do role playing dice. Yeah. So they make role playing dice. Now, they'll do the round edge rock wash, you know, plastic die like everybody else, but they also do precision aluminum dice. And I like Wait, aluminum because it's a at? little lighter. And they come with their own little container, too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the numbering, I am not a huge fan of the numbering, the way they do the numbers, because they're, I mean, they're big and and easy to read, but they're really, they're really, they kind of lack some character. Yeah, they're F off numbers. They just, bloop. Yes. Yep. Yep. But, Sorry, guys. We, well, I know this is going to make its way over to Bry Belly. Sorry, bros. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this probably has to have something to do with their cutter. Right. Um, these yeah, all th- look etched, not pressed. These exactly. look like a machine. Am I taking your thunder? No, dude. You're 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 okay. spot on, dude. No, you're not taking any thunder here. Because I agree. Like since it's not pressed, they're sitting in there and dremeling out yeah. the number, which means that you don't have that divot issue and. I mean, and these this is look, why the six and the nine both have li- or the six has a, a line under it to help signify it's the six. Because if you flip it over and the way the machine works, the CNC deal, it's a nine. I mean, it's right. just that simple. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I, I think this is great. I and the cool thing is they're aluminum. So they're not as heavy as, say, the brass and gold. Yeah. And the other like really high end dice that are gonna like cut cut into your table, they're a little bit lighter. God, they have um, nice colors too, dude. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean that that Dorado and Malchite and I mean Sunburst, those are some great colors. Coming from yeah. the guy that can't see all the colors in the world. They look <laughs> they're really good, good colors for you. That's right. Yeah. And so that's kind of the deal is that like there's tons of places to get dye. And now I'm more and more a fan of the metal dye just because I've done all this research. Um, And I totally see the value of a dice tower or a dice box to help get over some of the balance issues you might have in your typical resin or plastic dye. And dear listener, poor David watched hundreds of hours of YouTubes to get to this level. <laughs> yeah. So please email him any questions. He'll oh, yeah, dude. I watched this guy with like a six part metal dive uh, creation. Like he had six 
15 minute episodes about how he was making these stupid die. And I was like, oh my, I cannot believe I'm watching this crap. <laughs> but it was really you fascinating. You do it for I the fans. You do it That's for right. the fans, my That's man. That's right. That's right. No I sleep. learned a lot about how die are made. <laughs> he went and like hunted down a meteorite and he's like, I got to find a meteorite in the outback of Australia. <laughs> I got to make my Witcher die and I will That's only right. roll meteorite die for my That's Witcher. Right. <laughs> when I'm wielding the Witcher sword. And by the way, Brybelly, very interesting website. Yeah, right? Hair extensions? Yeah, they got all kinds of weird stuff. What what in the hell is going on here? And then a whole role playing section. They make bags. Yeah, for your for your stuff, dude. And casino poker supplies. They're such a funky site. I I don't know that they're making all of these things, but they're distributing really high quality stuff. So I'm in, man. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up a set of these aluminum precision dice for sure, dude. I can't wait to see. I cannot wait to see. Oh, and I forgot to bring my Braille dice to uh, Gen Con this past year. So I will definitely bring them this year as we're together. Or maybe the next time we have a game session up in Kansas. I'll definitely bring them. I I need to share some of those with you. And we can also F around with those. And you are bringing up the last thing that I wanted to talk about about dice. Oh, my God. It's almost like we wrote a script. (laughs) Which we'd never do. Which, which, trust me, trust me, all 10 of you listening, <laughs> there is no scripting going on here. Yeah. That's so, why That's why our friends in Europe love it, because they can learn English. Exactly. So 3D printed dice, right? Not just Braille dice, because Braille dice, you almost have to 3D print those. Because remember I talked about the injection molding thing? Sure. That doesn't work for, for Braille. It's too fine. It's too fine a detail for you know, the injection molding just doesn't work for Braille dice. So it has to be 3D printed or milled out of metal. What about that stamping thing? Couldn't you have? I mean, the dice I got, there's no way you could stamp these guys because he has stuff on the edges, he oh, has yeah. stuff on the inside. Oh, yeah. There are there's way too much. I mean, the dice would just implode from being smacked on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You just can't do it. So 3D printed dice um, coming out of like a resin printer. Awesome. Beautiful quality, especially for these uh, accessibility dice. For, for Okay. Hold on. Resin printer. If I had to like vision this, that's the one that's like full of liquid and the stuff right. comes up out of it. Right. Kind of right. like raising from the dead. Right. The PLA is a printer that's dropping little hot bits of ooze. Yeah, so the one I've got uses PLA plastic and it lays down like a like a tube. It's laying down a tube yeah. of of plastic. That uh, that'll work in a pinch for the for the braille dice, but you really want a nicer printer. And I'll say that there's a whole group of people out there that are printing their own die just like straight up D6s and D20s, normal stuff off of 3d printers and here's the thing about that stuff inside those dice mostly hollow with the support structure right and i gotta believe that the support structure inside the die <gasps> has to have an impact on the waiting, waiting and the way it bounces instead of solid like if it's totally solid i don't think this is an issue but if it's hollow on the inside i have to assume it rolls weird you know like i just can't assume that it, it rolls straight like all the other die I, I I would think that even the way that ooze comes out of the extruder, 
Does that, mm. Did I use another right word there? Sure. The way the ooze comes out of the extruder, that it even doesn't lay perfectly precisioned to where right. you could get one side that just gets a little bit more crap every time it's on that side of the system, mm-hmm. which means you're going to have a weight on one side. Sure. Yeah. And I think that the, you know, the folks over at Dots RPG, they're now printing dye using a resin printer and they do it all the way through. It's a, it's a solid dye all the way wow. through, which means they're spending a lot of resin to do it, but it makes for, you know, as Perfection. close to, yeah, as close to perfect as you can get, which is great. Right. I mean, that's uh, honestly, that's the way to do it is, is solid dye all the way through. So you don't have any weird air pockets or structure issues or any of that kind of stuff. And I, I love it. Like, I think that, I think that there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. And if people want to, you know, get the best dye possible and the best rolls possible, the most random. Oh, hold on. I'll be right back. Okay. He's getting up. I'll be back, Dave. Hold on. He's left the room. He's 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 left the building. This might be a long this might be a long trip for a short joke. I'm almost there. He's, he's almost back. Don't end the podcast. He's telling me to edit, but I think I'm gonna on. leave all this in. I got a Christmas gift. Ooh. You ready for this? I'm ready for your. No, everybody at home can't see this, uh, but I will get a picture and we'll put it up as we put up this podcast. So you see this guy right here. Oh, it looks like a hand coming up out of a fountain. Yeah, or out of like a well or something, or out yeah. of a, out of a thing. And then you see this one here. So you see this. Oh yeah, it's a little well. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's the pit of shame. <laughs> so you're supposed to play with these two little altars when you play D and D. And if your dice rolls poorly, you drop it in the pit of shame to shame the dice. And if your dice is doing good to make it jealous of all the other dice, you put it on top of this altar inside the hand of excellence. And so all your other dice can be pissed off that that dice is up in there. And then all your other dice can see the dice that are in the pit of shame. And they can feel really, really bad about that. So you know what I mean. Um, Larry, thanks, man. So we just kind of, you know, I, I, you know, he sent me a little sum. I sent him a little something. That's um, awesome. That and these awesome. are actually made by Jolly, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe he'll, we'll, we'll tag him in this. I can put the tiny URL in our little notes, but yeah. um, uh, these are made by Jolly over at Kenzer. And if I'm the, if I'm not mistaken, they, um, oh, there might be some type of, oh goodness, charity behind this. So okay. um, I'll put that. But yes, it's the Exalted Die Shrine in the Pit of Shame. So I'll be bringing these to Gen Con. So as I play, I can stick the dice in the right area. And who knows? Maybe someone will roll really good and I'll stick their dice in the Pit of Shame just to kind of <laughs> throw off their mojo. Put it in jail. That's Sorry, right. you can't roll that dice in the shame. Shame shame pit. That's, that's right. can't be done. And that's, I mean, I have always thought, like I've been, you know, we've been gaming for years and always people are like, oh, these dice are unlucky or these are my player haters or these are my you know everybody's got mythos around their die and i always just brush it off as dumb but no. now after seeing that some of my die have weight issues i'm like i don't know maybe there's something to this i think there is and i think what happens is is our minds work that out we roll those dice and we're you know because you know you did the water thing but isn't there also i mean 
Hello, all the mathematicians in our Facebook group. Isn't there also some some math behind this that you can just yeah. take a die and you can you know, let, let it roll through the dice tower 5,000 times and then eventually right. you're going to find out what probabilities yeah, are related absolutely. to that and, die? And I've seen people do probability testing against game science die and other die. The problem is that most people who do this stuff are amateur scientists, Right. Right. And so they say, hey, I rolled the die 5,000 times and I got these results. But I don't know, did it go through a tower? Did it, was it on a board? You know, what was their method? Yeah, because you have to almost duplicate exactly the roll method every time. That's where my brain went right to a tower because you could make a little hole that it goes through. But then right. again, you got to drop it perfectly every time. We can build a robot to do this. Oh, dude, no, I got it. I got it. Okay, so you do the tower. Right, and it's got the hole where yeah. the dice falls through. Yeah. But what you do is you is you place the die, uh, not over the hole, and you have a little you have a little shuttle that moves the die into the tower, so it slides across, and then it and then it once it's over the hole, it just drops straight down. Okay, so okay. No, you know that coin thing where the little yeah. cat hand comes out and takes your coin and pulls it yeah. into the box. Oh yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, we little, just whoop. make it to where the little hand pushes the <laughs> die into the hole. We get that little cat hand, and it just goes. <laughs> And we, yes. we we could build this, bro. We can make a robot, yes. and then we're selling it at Gen Con. We're gonna make a yes. million dollars. Yes, I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, absolutely. I love it. Someone out there is eventually gonna take all these die, and they're going to throw them through a regimented probability tester, and they're gonna tell us that we're all dumb. <laughs> yeah, because does this really matter? No, it kind of doesn't. Mean, really, does it? <laughs> Does it really matter? Does it ever, but it's, is it not weird how many times though that the dice gods award you a great role when everyone is freaking out and it's the last yes. battle and it's like, dude, yes. you know you're about to die, bro, if you don't pull this off, save yes. versus paralyzation or something, save versus poison, yeah, and you pull it off and then you win the game, yeah, and it's like you got to roll a thirteen or better, man, and yeah. the die rolls and it's a thirteen, and it's like, how did that happen? How did that I, happen? you know, like. I, I am not a superstitious person at all. And but, I know you went right to 13. Yeah. I will admit that I have brushed all this stuff off for years. And now having seen weight testing against dice, balance testing against die, it's like, okay, no, there actually is something going on. And it's, you know, I, I can, I can observe it now. And now I, now I, I want to solve that problem. And I think that we figured out a lot of stuff to help solve those problems. Get yourself some some forged metal die. Get yourself a dice tower or a dice box. I'm breaking the metal die out now more. Um, yeah, they man. are my smallest dice. Yeah. And the way that you mentioned that they roll, and that gives me you know more opportunity I love. All right. Well, let's work on closing this one out, dude. I'm glad we got to talk about this because this is one of those things that like I was, this was one of those I thought I knew and I was wrong. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. Let's find solutions to my problem. Yes. And I'm glad all the research was able to be turned into an episode. <laughs> and look so at how smart everybody else is now from your research. Yeah. They all know it's just bullshit. You know, we spent hours, hundreds of hours scouring the web, reading the MIT white papers. I'm laughing because otherwise I'd be crying. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise you just kind of found out, well... Yeah, if I roll two dice, seven's going to come up the most. Uh, you know, two sixes. But yeah, that's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks a ton for listening. I hope this was helpful. Have fun and play well. May all your rolls be crits. God, you know, 
Folks, I forgot to mention one last thing, which is actually really important about the future of dice. And that is, in all the research I did, I found out that custom facing for dice has gotten much cheaper than it ever has been before, which is why we're seeing so many games ship with custom dice facing and why we're likely to see a lot more of that in the future. So all the stuff that Fantasy Flight is doing with the Genesis system, that kind of thing, we're going to be seeing more and more in the market because making custom die is just cheaper than it ever has been before. So we all have that to look forward to. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you.